challengers both the angry and the dreaded challenger we are back we're back what's up everybody we should not have left you without a dope pod to step to but we are back we are we are back back. we're back yes we are yes we're back it's been a pretty long hiatus i think our last podcast was september or something like that and yeah uh, yeah i guess that's season one 25 episodes in we did good, and we had to take a break. A lot of stuff happened. Uh, it seems, stuff happened. Seems like this time of year is the break period. This happened last year as well. Yeah, yeah. Back again. Yeah. It's we like we hibernate for winters. Yeah, we got our sweet new song for our opening and closing. I'm going to throw that in there. I went back to Japan, so it's like the same huh. thing over again. Yeah. Life is in cycles, everybody. Yeah, hopefully uh, I can get out of this rinse cycle into something new and better. So today we're going to talk about blocking, because I don't think we spend enough time talking about blocking. Defense is like uh, half the game in uh, in fighting games. A lot of people don't even realize that. It's half the battle. Yes, you got to know when to block. It's important to be patient, wait your turn, and make sure you're going to get in there at the right time. And the reason why we're talking about blocking... First, I think it's because it's overlooked a lot by newer players. They just want to run in there, and they want to press buttons. And they wonder why they get beat. Well, it's because you're not blocking. I don't care if that's pressing a button or holding back. You've got to know when to block. Yeah, we're going to talk about how you can level up your game and get to the next the next level in your defense and, uh, and really start cranking out some Ws with some good old-fashioned patience and, uh, and defense. Yes. So obviously, blocking is the act of defending an attack. Usually the character will hold up their arms or shield another character or something like that to defend <laughs> from damage from getting hit by an attack. Um, there was a super cosplay War Ultra. There's a hero, Huey, cosplayer who holds up a Catra as his shield. So you got stuff like that. But the effects are usually the same. If you get hit by certain moves, you might receive chip damage. Some moves are unblockable. You can't block throws, stuff like that. But it's important to know when to block, and there's a lot of reasons why, just besides the fact that you're saving yourself from taking a bunch of damage or getting caught in a combo. Exactly. Of course, you might know that blocking is done differently in a lot of different games. You know, They're not all like Street Fighter where you just press back to block. So the actual mechanic of blocking, like in Mortal Kombat or Soul Calibur or in um, Smash Brothers, where you actually have to press a button, the, the metagame is a little different. But some of the basic fundamentals of defending are still going to be there across, across all those different methods for blocking. Low, high, air, doesn't really matter. Choose your block and use it wisely. Uh, my recommendation, air blocks are good because you can block everything normally outside of throws and stuff like that. But the problem with air blocks is they're in the air, 
So you get pushed back. You get thrown around a lot when you're in the air, and you don't really have control over where you go. Whereas when you're blocking on the ground, yeah, you have to choose between blocking high and blocking low, but at least you know where you are, and you have your full arsenal available to you. And that's for games that have air blocking, which is a lot of your anime fighters. Street Fighter Alpha is the only one that I can think of in the Street Fighter series where you can actually do a block in the air. The rest of them, you're just out there vulnerable. There's, it's With those anime fighters, you know, it's a viable strategy to just jump in and then just get ready to block the anti-air. If your character's not very mobile or, or very uh, adept at being in the air, that might not be the best strategy. So... Um, that's just for those specific games and those specific situations. So we're mostly going to be talking about, you know, blocking on the ground. Yes, because that's where your most games are going to have you. A lot of games like 3D Fighters and stuff, there's not a lot of jumping around. Yeah, if you're jumping around in Tekken, you're doing things wrong. You know, Tekken has its own meta. Each game actually has its own meta about uh, blocking, uh, specifically ground blocking. Well, yes. we will get into that. So my whole deal with blocking, for me personally, is sometimes I don't know how to deal with what the person's throwing at me, so I will block, and I will wait. If I'm fighting a person who really doesn't understand the game, the way it works, like if I'm playing Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and they're finishing boost combos, even on block, all the way to launch, I'm just going to wait, and I'm going to block. If I'm playing Skullgirls, and somebody's pressing a lot of buttons, I'm going to wait till I see that special move, or that normal that I know is minus, so that I can go in. The, the key is when I'm blocking, I'm looking, and I'm trying to feel when my opening is coming up. Now, when you first start playing the game, you're probably not going to be able to feel it, and different games are different. Like, Absolutely. King of Fighters feels different from Street Fighter. Like, I can kind of feel in Street Fighter, like, okay, this move is unsafe. I'm going to jab punish this, or I'm going to medium punish this. Whereas in King of Fighters, it's not quite like that. You feel like some moves should not be safe on block, but they also they just continue their assault, and, and you know, you get caught up. It's still, quote-unquote, his turn to attack, even though it feels like it shouldn't be. So, um, you're going to have to feel that out in, in every different game. And, and, of course, the punish windows for games are just different, and they feel different. And, 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 and we'll go into that, but you have to kind of feel out when it's your turn, meaning that your opponent is putting together an assault and makes a move where, you know, if you block, correctly it's going to leave himself open and then it's like as soon as he has an, a hole or an opening in, in his attack that's your turn to counterattack. so a lot of times that happens by feel or a real keen eye or you can also crack open the books and get that frame data so that you know exactly oh that move is unsafe that's what when i was really big in a street fighter cross tech and that was a really big thing for me i knew which moves were unsafe i knew what to look for so that's another side of it, but being able to feel it is what comes with time, and you'll be able to feel in different fighting games what you need to do. You'll be watching your character, how they move, how they get pushed back, how they come out of the guard, because some moves just hit heavier than others and keep you in blocks done longer, and you will be able to feel looking, that out. Exactly. I'm looking at you, Kazuya, and your you know electric wind god fist. Yes, that, that yeah. move, just it's like it just stuns you in blocks. Block, stun, yeah. which is a thing. That's an actual term I should have used, but I didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Mega safe. So it's not your turn to press buttons after that After that, uh, that attack. It's never your turn to press buttons after that attack. Exactly. 
Um, so, yeah, man, a lot of it just has to do with patience. And I know a lot of new players, they, they definitely cannot resist the urge to just press buttons all the time. Just keep pressing the attack. Yes. But that's not going to be your best move. No, and a lot of blocking is based on momentum. Now, you don't want to get stuck blocking because you're not really taking the momentum away from your opponent at that point. And when you're just blocking, you're leaving them options to try to break your block, whether that's through a low-high mix-up, a throw, a cross-up, or something. They're, they're going to open you up. It's, they're like a can, some people call it like a can opener. They're going to figure out a way to open you up. Well, Makoto is big for that in Street Fighter. So what you have to do is figure out the time to shift the momentum. Now, blocking, what it allows you to do is if they're, they're hitting you, they're beating you up, they're catching you in combos, they got you in a whole vacuum situation. Blocking is going to, it's like hitting the brakes. You're, you're forcing your opponent, you're pulling up on that e-brake real quick, and you're forcing them to slow down because blocking is going to slow them down. They're not going to get damage as fast, and they're not going to get the the uh, the hits that they need. It's going to change your game up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then it makes them think twice about just going ham on offense because once you start blocking and making the correct blocks, and then not letting them get away with it, you know, like not letting them get away with just rampant offense. That get that you turn defense into a counter a counter offense that that they'll slow them down and get them off of you and give you more opportunities to create your offense to shift from defense to offense. So so that's just a, just a super a super key to it. Now you you talked about the difference between low low and high and everything. Um, so unless you don't know, uh, there's different block levels. Um, there, there are certain moves that you can't block low that you can block high and vice versa. And that's a huge part of the metagame and just about every fighter there is. There's uh, maybe other than Smash, there's not, you know, every every fighting game, every, well, every real fighting game has that at some level. Ooh, that hurts. I see what you did there. Uh, that hurts a lot. Yeah. yeah. Listen, we all... Smash Bros. is a fighting we respect- game. It's a fighting game. It, it is a fight. It is a fighting game. It but it, it kind of beats to its own drum. Yes. It beats to its own drum. Like an omnidirectional block that's timed that you can't hold forever. Um, but it doesn't have it doesn't have levels because you still block whether you're crouching or duck or standing. Yeah. And then when you're in the air, it's do a dodge. So yes. you know, every time every time if you're a Smash Brothers a Super Smash Brothers player and you're listening to this podcast. Take everything we say with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a bit different for you guys and gals playing the Smash. Now, yeah. Oh, momentum and feeling your reversal and all that. Those are those are meta concepts. There's there's not really any guide that's going to tell you what level of momentum that you're facing and how to feel your reversal. Fighting game is a game of numbers and squares. Which you, when you break down to the science of it. But there's a lot going on behind the scenes that you kind of have to feel out for yourself. And that's going to take practice. But I recommend to everyone, if you start to feel overwhelmed in the midst of a match, sometimes it's best just to block. Hold back and block. But once they open you up from your block, you've got to change up your plans a bit. And that's when you might want to consider using an invincible reversal 
or a super or something like that that will be able to kind of bust you through. But those are high-risk, high-reward scenarios. They're definitely worth doing sometimes if you absolutely know that you need a momentum shift. But don't get predictable with it. Predictable. An invincible reversal, if you guys don't know what that is, that's a move that on the very first frame of that move coming out, um, it's invincible, meaning it has no hurt box. And if it lands at the same time as your opponent's uh, attack lands, the, the invincible reversal will break out of it. It reverses the momentum of a move. So that's why it's called a reversal. So they're attacking you, but your move on the first frame will beat it out. Historically, those have been your dragon punches. In a recent development, since Season 2 of Street Fighter V came out, uh, they actually kind of changed up the whole meta where your run-of-the-mill dragon punches, sorry, Ken, and those kind of like raising invincible reversals, they took away their very first frame of invincibility to out to all moves uh, on the first frame. So now everybody has to use the EX version, like the e like how Gaia was, where it was like the EX flash kick instead of just regular flash kick will beat me attacks. Or now now Ken can't just spam the uh, the dragon punch expecting it to beat everybody. He has to use meter to do it. It's actually costlier and even more riskier to do one. But in the right time, if you time it right, when your opponent's going ham, you, it can definitely not only do just break the momentum, but also score a bunch of damage now. Because I remember when they first dropped Guile into Street Fighter V, I was kind of shocked to find out that his regular flash kick, although it would beat any jumping attack, was not invincible in the first frame and get stuffed by moves. That's crazy. Why would they do that to Guile? Well, they just straight did that to everybody. Well, Guile's, um, Guile's uh, flash kick isn't invincible at all in Street Fighter V, isn't it? No, no, that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. in Street Fighter IV... It was so like his flash kick. I think it's it's a throw invincible, and it's a air attack invincible, but it's not fully invincible. That's pretty crazy. The ex version, yeah, the ex version is, but historically that flash kick beat everything. Okay. Like, yeah. If you if you I don't know if you've ever seen this happen, but like in old older versions of Street Fighter, like say like Street Fighter Two. You know, Ken like can just like walk up and try to dragon punch Guy. Like Guy will do a flash kick, and they'll just like phase through each other like nothing happened because mm -hmm. they're both invincible. And they just—I've seen that happen. They'll just like fly straight through each other. Not so in Street Fighter Five. So invincible reversals are something that you partner up with blocking, and that you don't want it to be predictable when you're going to do it predictable you know sometimes blocking will get you the result better than your invincible reversal yeah and it's a lot less risky to stop and block versus missing risking a missed shoryuken a lot of people will do things to kind of bait you or try to get you into doing that shoryuken they want to get that super they want to get that invincible reversal because generally speaking you're using a lot of resources or you're uh you're taking a big risk, and a lot of the dragon punches are very punishable. So, be very careful no. what you when yeah. and when you use stuff like that. Yeah, and if you really think about it, the the risk of blocking is you might eat a throw, and unless you're you're facing off against Zangief, that's not going to be that much worse. 
than, you know, if you whiff a sure you can, and then you just eat a punch combo. Yes. So keep that reward matrix squarely on your side. Especially in Street Fighter Five. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of it is feeling it out. And if I'm on the attack and a guy is defending well, I'm going to have to need to know, feel that he's going to try to use his resources to to try to reversal me. And if I feel that, I'm not, I'm going to, you know, walk up to him, but then stand and block and try to wait to see if he can do that reversal. Again, I lose my momentum, but I can go back on the attack. So vis-a-vis, -vis, like, if you're on the defense, you need to feel out when they're going to try to bait you as opposed to when they try to keep going ham, keep going in, continue with the attack, and then you can, you can hit them with the reversal. It feels good to step yeah. through a flurry of punches and just throw them because they think that you're going to do a reversal, but you're like, nah, I'm going to throw you instead. So there's a lot of mind games there, and a lot of that comes with just with just time and, and reps and playing the game and seeing what the tendencies of your particular opponent is. Because a lot of times the one guy that you play will, will have patterns. The more you play him, the more you can kind of sniff those patterns out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know we've seen that in each other as we play. There's oh yeah, yeah. I remember the uh, the good old demon challenger used to always jump backwards twice before jumping forward and tagging out. He did something like that. It was kind of it was funny. That was his deal. But I, I figured it out, and I was able to hit him uh, as he tagged out. I was able to do Lee Lee's little head stop thing on his next person as they yeah. ran. So. You could punish his little, you know, his little quirks. Yeah. So yeah. that, you brought up a good point there, Dreaded. Blocking isn't just when you're on the defense. It's good to know when you're on offense as well to be able to give up your momentum just a little bit to see if you can catch them for that big damage. Yeah. Maybe in another podcast we can talk about what they mean when we're talking about shimmy because that oh, yeah. also kind of plays into the mind game. That doesn't necessarily have to do with blocking right now, so we'll save that one. That's a big part of movement as well. Yeah, movement. Like, the shimmy is back in a big way in Street Fighter Five, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yes. But where we go from here, though, is a lot of people talk here about being a good defender, and what they automatically think about are all the turtles that they've played against. You know what I'm talking about. The guiles. The, the hangback dudes. The balrogs. Sometimes the hondas of the world and you know the the turtles they can just hang back but you know usually a turtler will have some sort of projectile usually like a charge projectile and then some sort of reversal that they can wait you know like they're just waiting for you to jump so you can hit them with an anti-air and then hang back and do it again i'm gonna go on wax and go on record and saying there's a difference between being a turtle mm -hmm. and being a ender and a good zoner all right now, if you're a turtle, you're not really looking forward to score the big damage. You're kind of just playing not to lose. You're trying to get that life lead. Trying to get a life lead and control the other person. But eventually, turtles will get cracked by a good player. A good defender. And I'm not saying they should just definitely go in and press all the buttons and always be walking forward. There's really a difference between a turtle and, and someone who can zone out and be a good defender. Because a defender will know when to turn the tide and put the put the offense on, and not always put their back against the uh, the corner. 
because you know a street fighter usually like a, a turtle will, will eventually find their well themselves walked back into the corner as they're always defending mm-hmm. and that's actually a place to be because that you know as we said in our movement podcast that limits their options and it limits their spacing as opposed to a good defender who also minds not only when it is a good turn to attack but also minds their spacing and minds their options yeah there's a lot there's a lot to blocking and just simply blocking and there's a lot more to being a good defensive player and just being a turtle and i, I like the way you, you parse that out a lot of turtling is easy like tur- to be a turtle is to block to just hold back and block but to be a good defender requires you to know the game system to know what's a mid and what's not or an overhead whatever you want to call it it's just a lot that goes into it. So, yeah, respect to those people. You know, yeah, so they're, they're, they're basically saying, like, yeah, I know you're going to try to mix me up, but I hope you know that if you pick the wrong option and, I, and if I block this well, you're going to feel the repercussions of, of not having a, an airtight attack. Yes. Yeah, they can be almost infuriating to play against, but no game has perfect defense. There's no such perfect defense. No. Now, a strong player will know that, but they'll just manage the risk better. No, I think that anybody can can tell you that there is no perfect defense based on the fact that there are throws. Well, throws will generally be blocks, and some games have chip damage. Like Tekken doesn't really have chip damage, but some games have chip damage so that you can just whittle away someone's health while they're blocking. Now, in Street Fighter Five, you can't KO that person with block damage, unless it's a super, but you can certainly whittle them down. And that happens. Someone will just get whittled down, yeah. then all they need is that a few good hits, and you're gone, and people are confused. Like, what happened? I had full health. Like, well, no, I mean, you were taking all this, yeah. this block damage by uh, Elisa's swords. Darn you, Boston. Oh, damage. man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Listen. You bring up a really good point there, and I want to bring up two specific uh, examples of how blocking and just uh, hanging back can go wrong. One, remember Mortal Kombat? Yeah. I Mortal know. Kombat, you took chip damage on normal moves. Mm-hmm. So a gentleman by the name of Kung Lao who has ridiculously long block strings, safe block strings, can just come up. You know, and go bop, 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 and hold you in a block string for a long time. You're sitting there blocking, you're blocking, you're blocking. You're like, well, at least I'm defending. At least I'm getting punched in the face. Meanwhile, your your health bar is getting whittled down one pixel at a time. So every time you block a punch, you're taking like negative one damage. There's nothing you could do about it. So that's part of the what made Kung Lao such a strong character in that game. So blocking was kind of like not really rewarded in Mortal Kombat because. Even normal moves cause chip damage. Yes. Another instance is in Street Fighter V. They added a new little meta in there of healable damage, meaning white damage or gray damage. In that game, even when you blocked, your health bar went down, but it was only, it was in it was in a gray life bar that came back over time. So you could still get a perfect if you blocked a couple normal moves. Your it'll come back, but if you're blocking all these moves and the guy has a really strong, tight offense you're, that you're blocking well, well, let's just say you can take 20 to 30 points of gray life, and then all he needs to do is touch you once with a jab, 
with a throw or anything, and all that gray life all of a sudden turns into real damage. So it's a really interesting meta that they put into the game that kind of actually rewards off, like offense and kind of punishes defense. You can see it play out when someone's kind of like, they're defending really, really, really well, and all of a sudden you see that they have this long gray bar that can heal back over time, but then all of a sudden they catch a throw that does like 230 damage because it's like the, the damage of the throw itself plus all that was stocked up in gray life and all of it's gone. So it kind of gives a, an extra layer to that that attack-defend meta game that's something in Street Fighter Five that you have to really look out for. Yes. So Don't get too crazy with your blocks, people, and don't rely on air blocks all the time. Yeah, yeah. Then there are certain games that actually have block gauges where they're like, you know, if like every time you block, it, it depletes this one little gauge under the life bar. Uh, Alpha had it, games like Blaze Blue had it, and that's something to keep an eye out for because if, if you're just blocking and blocking, you can actually get opened up when, you're, when your block gauge gets down to zero and you break. It opens you up for a free combo. You get stunned. Taking all that extra damage just because you were blocking too much. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Smash players. Careful. Careful with that. That little bubble shrinks and it shrinks even faster when you're getting hit. So please keep that in mind as you play. Yes, yes. So one of the most difficult things for new players to block, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but it's important to cover it because the movies were amazing. A cross-up. Right. A lot of new players don't know how to deal with cross-ups because they're coming from one side and they're hitting them on the other and like, which side do I block? It's always the opposite side of where you're facing is where you want to block. So not right. everyone can do that, but... I, and I mean, like, not everybody will respect your awesome skills with cross-up blocking and all that. And they're going to continue to just harass you with cross-ups. But once you block your first cross-up and you keep trying to block your cross-ups, it'll kind of grow on you and you'll, you'll figure it out. And you'll know everybody's cross-up range and all that good stuff. And you'll be blocking like a champ. Filipino champ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yoga. You know, different characters cross up differently with different buttons. Some characters have more ambiguous cross ups, meaning like it's really hard to see because they have a flatter trajectory that are like, okay, well, where is this going to land? Is this going to land in front or is it going to land in back? It's going to take time to really um, kind of feel it out. But uh, a lot of characters have buttons that will catch both. Like if it's a, if it's a really ambiguous cross up where the, the center of mass is really close to your center of mass, like, a lot of characters will have buttons that will beat that, so that's the, a lot of characters have certain options, like Cammy's standing, like, medium punch, where she just, like, punches straight up. Mm -hmm. If the if the cross is really ambiguous, it's, like, really close to that center line, she's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm just going to blow this up. Cross-ups take practice, uh, and that's my main, my main weapon against newer players or, you know, guys online that I'm just trying to steal their points, and I know that their defense isn't strong. I cross them up all day long for big damage. Just be careful you watch out for that that reversal, or in Ryu's case, he might jump up, hit you with his jump medium to put you in a juggle state, and then make you hurt forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So keep that in mind. So, yeah, I, I'm all about the cross-ups, but you know what we say with the new challengers. Jump less. Win more. Yeah, man. Cross-ups can be tricky. Guarding them, just the opposite direction. So if they're jumping over you and you think they're going to land that... 
that awesome cross up, just hold forward. You'll block it. It's weird, but it's what you need. Now the issue with uh blocking cross ups from the air though it well, they're all from the air. They're usually safe on block, so don't go crazy like pressing buttons and stuff. Yeah. The option for blocking an air attack is not press a button. That is a time to either block again or to throw tech. Because they're going to press a button or they're going to throw you. So your your options are either block or tech that throw. Don't try to press a button after you get hit with an air attack because they have the advantage. It, it will get punished and then you're getting counter hit. Yes. Uh, for a bigger damage. Defending cross was probably the most difficult thing that a newer player is going to have to see and deal with. But once you block your first one and your second one and your third one, it's easy. It's so easy just to pick up and go. And blocking cross-ups is huge. Absolutely huge because yeah. guys like Ivan will blow you up. <laughs> Dreadit will blow you up with them cross-ups. I remember we were playing this guy. We called him the Shoto Assassin. Now the, Sh- the Shoto Challenger. He was very, very, very good about crossing people up and not ever letting up, ever. No, no, that guy's that guy's uh, offense was immaculate. So your defense had to be on point, or else you're gonna eat a frame trap. Yes, yes. Before and again, I know we've talked about frame traps on this on the show before, but a frame trap is basically you hit someone with an attack and they block it, but that still leaves them in a spot where if they press a button, you can counter hit them out of that button. Mm-hmm. So they should have been blocked in a frame trap. But they decided to try to press a button, and you nail them. You hit them in their startup frames, and you get the counter hit, and then follow it up with a combo because you frame trapped them. You got them in a situation where they shouldn't have pressed a button, but they did, and your your attack, because of your advantage, beat out their attack. Yeah, it's a science. It's a huge science, and it's it's a lot of fun to play and learn it and feel it, but it just takes time. And right now, I think that a lot of newer players don't really appreciate the block. They don't put enough respect on the name of blocking right away, and <laughs> they definitely should. Definitely get in there in the training room and press buttons, test your buttons, test your move list, but turn the CPU on and test your blocking. Test your patience. If you're somebody who... You will always attack after being after blocking two crouching attacks. Don't get into a set pattern with, with uh, blocking. When it comes to blocking in training mode, you can actually set your opponent to block. You can kind of use tools. Uh, one tool that I use is if I go to the training room, like if I'm trying to master a character, I'll actually set my, my opponent in the training room. Well, I'll make it like a mirror match. I'll set the opponent on block all, right? Mm-hmm. I can actually test my moves, and then I, I, what I can do is actually set the opponent to block all and to react on block. So I can set the opponent to set jab on block, reversal on block, throw on block. So I can kind of get how responding, like you can have the opponent block one of your attacks and see how pressing a button after block will, will happen. So you can kind of test out how to shift momentums in the training room. There's all kind of different ways you can do that artificially set up uh, blocking scenarios. It's all in the training mode, and I, and I definitely urge anyone who's looking to level up their game 
to work on all that. Don't just like jump in on online and play a bunch of casuals. Like, use what the game has given you, um, and the training options that each game gives you to uh, to try to master each different aspect of the game. And blocking is no different. Yeah, I use the all block for my opponent in training mode for Skullgirls because they actually have an advanced training mode where they tell you what's safe on block and what's not, and you can cancel moves to change their properties, and it's really cool. So. Yeah, yeah man. use your tools. Definitely use your tools. Uh, I know we did an entire podcast on how to use Training Room. I definitely would suggest some people who may be new to the pod to go back there and listen to it. Is there anything you wanted to touch on? Uh, oh, yeah, Corner Danger. We didn't talk about Corner Danger yeah. cross-ups. Uh, we're not really talking so much about how to do a cross-up so much as how to defend and the threat to your defense that cross-ups bring to the table. And cross-ups in the corner are the most dangerous because there's not really anywhere for you to go. If you hold forward, but they hit you in the front, then you're going to take a foot to the face. If you don't, if you try to hold back, they can just jump behind you. And this isn't true of all games. Like in a King of Fighters, you can't just jump behind someone. Yeah. But you can in Street Fighter 4, so be careful with that. Yeah, definitely be careful with that. I mean, I'm always wary of if my opponent is in the corner of crossing them up because that puts me in the corner. Mm-hmm. But I'll do it sometimes. I'll do it sometimes. And usually what I'll try to do is, is is throw them or, like, hit them with the tick throw to try to throw them behind and put them back in the corner. But, yeah, it's definitely something to look out for because you don't want to be in that corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and blocking the corner is, is actually a little trickier, you know, because you can't, you can't just use movement to get yourself in a better position because you're in the corner. You know, your only option is to either block, walk forward, or jump forward. And, and those aren't the safest options. So, again, the corner's not where you really want to be. Now I'm talking to you, turtlers. <laughs> yeah, be careful for the corner there, turtlers. Or stay, stay turtling. We'll force you in the corner, get that positive on block, or that cross-up, and just start throwing you like crazy. Is there anything else you want to touch on yeah. blocking? Again, too much, too much blocking can lead to throw setups. I know it, there was a we were talking. I think we we had a, a whole podcast about throws, but you know, if you're blocking, a lot of times what people will do, will, they'll they'll start throwing out attacks that you block, and they'll actually take a step forward to try to throw you out of the block. It's like a tick throw. You know, I do it all the time. Like just a short, like standing short or a jab, and then immediately just take like a frame of walk forward and then throw. That is a great tool to break a block out, but if you're good at it, if you have really good defense, you can kind of see that little fraction of a step forward that gives you the, the enough time to either tech that throw or to throw in a reversal against it. So that's kind of like the answer to the answer to a lot of blocking. So watch for the tick throw and then see to learn how to defend against the tick throw. And that kind of goes along with like advanced defense techniques there. That's just that's basically all I had about that particular topic. All right, is that all you got for your blocking segment? Yeah, I think so, man. I think my brain is tapped. Okay, cool, cool. Well, there's a lot of good information we got out of that for blocking. So I guess we'll just move into our miscellaneous information. Yeah. Uh, we. Well, what's been going on? A lot September. Been, a lot has <laughs> been going on since September. We've got new updates for our games. 
I went to Japan got new again. Games. Yeah, we got new games. I've been playing uh, Pochi and Yoshi and Willy World on my 3DS. That's not a fighting game. I'm, that's just what I've been playing. And occasionally I'll play King of Fighters if I have the ability and the time. Yeah, I've been playing some King of Fighters 14. I really enjoy that game. Um, the online scene is not as um, robust. No, no, no. You're either playing a complete scrub or playing a master who will destroy you with like a 20-hit juggle combo. It's just life. It's life in the SNK world. But I enjoy it. I play as Robert uh, and Ramon. I find Ramon to be extremely fun to play, even though he's not the most effective character. But if you haven't checked out King of Fighters 14 yet, definitely check it out. Yeah, I, I've been but, waiting for King of Fighters for a long time, so that's my game right there. And 14 is out. I really enjoy it. It feels like it's a step back to what King of Fighters used to be. I think that King of Fighters 13 stepped a bit too far away from the source material, but they're rectifying that with 14, and I, I like to see that. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. It's definitely a good game. So tell us, tell us travels, man. Oh, went to Japan. You know, we did cons together. We did PAX South, and we did mini ACON we together. We're doing a yeah. we're doing ACON next. Uh, you might be at ASIN, still on the table. So we might be at Anime Central. I know I will be at Anime Central, and uh, we'll be doing ACON. But we did mini ACON. We did PAX South. Uh, in between mini ACON and PAX South, I went to Japan for two weeks. It was a lot of fun. Well, the travel buddy it was great. It's good to be able to travel the world, you know, show your friends the world and have them yeah. enjoy that with you. Yeah. I followed along with his um, social media presence, man. I was jealous. Yeah. I but did. I held it down here. Yeah, you had <laughs> to hold it down here. You you had to. But, yeah, I have a lot of videos and stuff. I'm thinking about making some of those videos public so other people can watch them because uh, I was just on the Elijah Bailey podcast. That's right. I should probably bring that up. Elijah shout Bailey. out to Elijah Bailey. Yeah, shout out to him. He let me talk about the USO, support the USO. And uh, we, he, talk, he asked me about me, my ideas on uh, cosplaying as a, as a blurred or a black nerd. And <laughs> my trip to Japan. And yeah, shout out to Elijah Bailey. You can check out his show, The Elijah Bailey Show. They have another podcast. They're, uh, ex- I'm going to be on episode 67, so... Go ahead and everybody listen to episode 67 to hear that handsome voice coming through on a different show. Hopefully both me and Dreaded will be on the hook for the Elijah Bailey show closer to Akon. So that should be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have all kind of words and knowledge to drop. It'll be fun. Shout out to Elijah Elijah Bailey. His his podcast is a lot of of cool stuff to listen to. Yes, yes. More nerddom stuff, nerd culture. Very cool. Um, yeah. Besides that, man, I mean, Japan was interesting. I didn't play as many fighting games as I would have liked. I played uh, King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match. Got a couple doubles. Oh, I played no. uh, the updated version of Akatsuki Blitzkampf. And that, All was, right. that was good. I made it the final boss, but I had no idea what was going on because I'd never seen that final boss before. It's like... Uh, Valkyria, I think her name is, something like that, and I got destroyed. Her level one super deals like half damage. I can't handle it, but no. <laughs> it is ridiculous, man. Yeah, shout out to all the re- super 
ridiculous fighting game bosses out there. I'm looking at you, Gil, Bison, and all, y- all y'all fools. Yeah. Really, is there one that's harder than Gil? I mean, Probably uh, like Rugal from uh, yeah, the SNK hard. games. I, I mean, they call yeah, it SNK boss syndrome for a reason. <laughs> this is super not fair. Super unfair. Mega super unfair. Yeah. Super controller breaking unfair. You know, it's funny, like, you know, Street Fighter Five was like, no, we don't even need a final boss. Who needs that? Oh. Maybe we'll see one eventually. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe we get Who knows? Like, you got this far? Check it out. My health is back. Oh, thanks, Gil. But yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound entertaining to me. No, hang it wasn't a good time. No, hanging out with like, Gail I just and... animated cutscene with some text. That's what I want. Yeah, I want to see an arcade ending. I do. I do want to see that, and I really hope that Capcom listens to the fan base or listens to this, this podcast. You know what, Yoshinori Ono, if you're listening right now, I want you to lean in really close because I have two requests, just two, two requests. The first one, yes. Just put a whole bunch of SNK characters in Street Fighter. Just put them in there. I don't care. Just throw them in there. Like eight of them. Just throw them in there. My, my second point. So I don't have a second point. Just make that SNK thing happen. Yeah. Preferably some of the uh, more diverse cast because apparently they can't make their own game. But yeah, make it happen, Ono. Throw them up in there. Be all about that. I want to see. I'm all about it. I want to see it. So, yeah, trips, trips are fun. Cons are fun. That's what we do. Hopefully we get our panels at Acon, and if we do, please stop by. I forgot to submit for ASIN, but it's probably best that we just enjoy that con anyway. Yeah, man. If you make it out, it'll be, uh, it'll be amazing. Get to see all the new challenges out in the Chicago area. Shout out to all of y'all. Yeah. Um, we'll get to get some, some actual fighting game matches in person. It'll be good. Shout out to Mark. He's our biggest representative down there. So, Yeah, man. And a fantastic gamer and streamer. Yeah. Can check out his streams. And yeah, singer. Pretty cool. That is true. That is true. What can't he do? Stop making money. I'm... Stop stacking paper? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, Shout out to you, Mark. Thought Boys for Life. Yeah, man. What else? What else we got going on? Uh, Baki Do. Uh, I just want to say it, Baki Do. Oh, Baki Do. It continues, man. I'm really hoping that Baki actually, you know, comes back and shows strong. I feel like the direction of Baki Do is not where I want it to be right now. I agree. Kiyosei, Idugaki, if you're listening, man, turn the ship around. The Saint Musashi Do. Let's go back to Baki. Uh, it's not Motobe Do. No. Well, he's down for the count for a while. So, Good. For all of y'all who what we're talking about, please watch Baki the Grappler. Please read the manga. It's our favorite manga. It's the greatest fighting manga there is. Yes, it is. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on there, Mr. Dreaded? Yo, man, find out where your local USO is, usually at an airport or something like that. Ask them how you can volunteer maybe some time or maybe some what else they're needing. 
you know, through having some fundraisers. The USO is a great organization. It's how, it's how uh, we kind of made it through our overseas tours. It's how we met. It's how the new challengers, we got their start. So find your local USO and please give them your support. A great way to support the troops. Um, that's what I got. And if you can't find a local USO, there's one not near you or something like that. It's too far away. Just go ahead and type in USO.org. USO.org. And go check out their site and read about them. Pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. That's all I got for now. And that's all I got as well. So we're going to sign off with our new awesome music. We're not going to be able to hear it, but we'll be edited in later. And uh, <laughs> would you like to do the honors? Until the next challenge. Have a great evening, everyone, and be safe wherever you are. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me. You know we keep it cooler. Keep it king cold and cooler. Don't be mad at me. Oh, we diving through ya like a squad of scoopers. Don't be mad at me. 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 Don't be